Hi there. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Dream to Destination podcast. I am speaking this week with Nina, and her blog is ninaoutandabout.ca, which is the Canada extension, for those who don't know. So Nina is a solo travel expert, which is like my favorite kind of person. So she discovered her love of solo travel when she moved to Italy alone at age 16, which is super incredible to me. Since then, she's lived alone on three continents, visited 29 countries, and became a digital nomad. She started the Nina Out and About blog uh, to share her travel wisdom, and because her friends got tired of hearing her travel stories. So now she shares her travel tips, guides, funny mishaps, and fails to inspire other young women to turn their travel dreams into reality today. So Nina, welcome and thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Shelly. I'm really excited. Yay. So tell me, solo travel, you are a solo travel expert. What makes you a solo travel expert? Um, I guess it's a self-proclaimed title. I think uh, we don't call ourselves experts enough. I think everyone deserves to recognize what they're experts in. So I have self-titled myself an expert. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and so I've spent, um, I guess technically I started solo traveling when I was 13, when my mom would take me on business trips and then she'd go to work and I would wander. So um, it took a while until I recognized that that was solo travel. I've been, I've lived in three different continents now. I've moved around the world. I've made every mistake there is. And I think making the mistakes helps make me be the expert because you can't really learn until you've made every error you can. And um, yeah, I think that and the fact that people seem to trust my expertise and that adds to it uh, makes me feel much more professional. No, well, it's totally true. Also, like, I think that's the difference of like expert or not expert. It's like, if you call yourself an expert. And if, yeah, exactly. If everyone's not just like, no, 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 you're not like, so it's, <laughs> it's like saying it, like proclaiming it and then not having everyone dispute it. And then you become the next. Yeah. So far, no one's like come out and been like, Nina, you're not a solo travel expert. Like, I guess it's different than like, if I were to proclaim myself a doctor or something, and then someone would be like, whoa, yeah, no, exactly. you're not. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's how you know you're not an expert <laughs> when you have a group yeah. <laughs> When a group of people is like, uh, false. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no, but yeah, like, uh, that's, that's, I mean, for me, that is a, a real, real world expert. It's like, you know, that's what we want to know from our experts, what not to do really essentially more than mm-hmm. what to do. So today we are talking about one of your blogs that I came across that I thought was just like such great information that should be broadcasted and it's called 10 mistakes first time solo travelers make and I will link the blog in the show notes to anyone who wants to check it out so what I love so much about this blog is that you have like problem like first time travel mistake problem and then solution so <laughs> but you know yeah, that's well, I think- 
it's like it's not worth it to tell someone what they're doing wrong and not tell them how they can stop doing it like i've read tons of travel blogs about mistakes you make or errors you make about booking flights and then they don't tell you how to book a flight without wasting that money and i'm like guys come on tell me the hacks tell me how to save that money like come on <laughs> i mean you're you are you're speaking my language right now because yeah like otherwise you're kind of just yelling at people like yeah <laughs> exactly nobody really wants that so let's talk about these uh 10 mistakes and then 10 solutions so the okay awesome one, cool so the first one is about letting people talk you out of solo travel and um as a mexico blogger believe me, like the, you're not going to be safe is like <laughs> the number one question. Yeah. The number one topic for me as a, a Mexico blogger. So, um, how do you, how do you tell people not to let them, you know, be talked out of it? Well, I guess this one was the most personal for me. I think, um, it's something I've struggled with a lot. I take other people's opinions to heart very significantly. So when I started solo traveling, I never asked anyone. I just left. Um, and even then people still felt the need to tell me that they thought I was wrong or that I was unsafe. Um, even like, yeah, like I went to spend a lot of time in Morocco and Turkey and everyone then is like, you're a, a woman alone. You can't do that. And I was like, well, I can, cause I'm doing it. So um, to me, the biggest thing is like, if you voice your dreams, that's really powerful. It's really important to tell people what you want to do and not hide it. But it's also important to remember that they're your dreams. And so it's not worth it to then let other people dictate what you're going to do. It's like, um, we've all like seen TV shows where someone's parent tries to tell them to do a job because the parent wanted to be that job. So it's like, oh, the sitcom father wanted to be a doctor and he's not. So now his son must be the doctor. Well, it's the same with solo travel. Like my family on my dad's side, they don't really travel. Like my dad and sister don't go away anywhere. So to them, what I do is crazy. It's this weird thing. It's dangerous. They would never do it. So why could I want to do it? Whereas like, it's my decision. It's my life. And I don't have to live based on their rules or based on their wants and hopes. So like, that's probably the biggest tip I give people is to remember why you want to be traveling and don't let other people tell you what happened, like what's going to happen to you. Cause like my dad still, every time I go away, it's just like, I think this is a hobby of his. He will <laughs> find someone like a real person who got sick in that country and then tell me about them. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. But like people get sick everywhere. Like you can get, like, I've had a parasite in Morocco that like, that was the story on my blog as well. I've like gotten a flu in basically every country I go to because I have a terrible immune system. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't travel there. Like, so I think, yeah, it's really important to counter those negative thoughts with positives to remember why you want to go. And then to just like brush them off. Cause again, like as RuPaul says, if they're not paying your bills, you don't have to pay them no mind. And unless they're paying for your trip, ignore them. We just don't quote RuPaul enough in our daily life. <laughs> RuPaul is my Lord and savior. So for me, that's the one I quote very regularly. Well, I'm here for it. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's the reality. I mean, I think it's sad. I love to counter like, oh, you're not going to be safe as a woman. And I'm like, I like to counter that with like, do you know how problematic that statement was? I don't even yeah. like to address whether or not I'm going to be safe as a woman. I like to be like, 
do you not realize what you just said? (laughs) Yeah, well, and like, and as women, we grow up in societies, not to get like too political, but we grow up in societies where we learn about our safety at a much younger age. We learn how to be safe at a much younger age. Cause like, in fact, like I, um, I freelance for a Turkish travel blog where like most of what I write is like, hey, it's not terrifying to come to Turkey. And actually all the crime statistics show that men are more at risk because they're the ones that get in the stupid bar fights. They're the ones that think they can walk down that dark alley. Like they don't have the same common sense we do because we're very aware, like we are hyper aware and we know you're going to tell us to be safe. So we're just going to plan to be safe before you tell us. Yeah. I mean, there's a million counter arguments, like in all honesty, but so yeah. Yeah, people are going to try and tuck you out of it. And I guess your, your, how to uh, solve this solo travel quote unquote mistake would be to like talk yourself back into it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I, I Your often recommend people, people like make a pro and con list where like on the con side, you write the negative argument they put down on the pro side. Like, if you can't think of a pro to it, then yeah, maybe it's a real thing. But like, usually you can be like, hey, I'm going to Google how to overcome that con. And you'll find 50 million ways to do that. It's so true. Like, Google such a giant monster of information <laughs> that like, whatever you, Google, whatever you Google is going to come back with the results. So if you're Googling, yeah. why is travel unsafe? You're going to get a ton of results. If you're Googling, like, why is travel safe? You're going to get a ton of results. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. So yeah, totally possible to talk yourself back into solo traveling, regardless of the seemingly countless warnings you're going to get against it. But these are mm-hmm. two solo traveling ladies uh, who <laughs> are here to tell you that, um, you know, the rumors are not true. And also like examine who's telling you this because I yes. feel like 95% of the time it's either people who have not traveled ever or people who have traveled, but they've been to like all-inclusive resorts. <laughs> so. Yes, or it's your your ninety-one-year-old grandmother who still thinks we're like Turks are cannibals and used to tell you those bedtime stories. Like that's yeah. where I get a lot of my negativity from. Yeah. and she's ninety-one, so I like you brush that off. <laughs> Consider the source. Yeah. So let's okay. Tip number two: taking group tours. I love this one. I always tell people like solo travel is not about like being solo every second of every day it's really about being in control of every second of every day and like so this point came up because like I'm I'm very introverted I'm quite shy um for the first like until I moved to Italy when I was 16 I didn't speak to like anyone in any of my schools I was super quiet and being on group tours and things was kind of an easy way to start solo traveling where I could be around other people and like forced proximity is a great way to make friends. Like that's the number one way I've made friends in my life is just being near people. So I think group tours, while they're really good, I actually think it's a mistake to only do group tours because um, I don't think that's the full solo travel experience. It's usually more expensive, which is always a flaw. It's limiting you don't get to control your itinerary so while i think it's a great entry point i know a lot of first-time solo travelers who then only do group tours and are you get like you get so stuck in that that you get terrified to then fully be on your own and i think being completely by yourself is a really important lesson from solo travel and having that freedom like the freedom oh my god i love being able to plan my own itinerary or decide i just don't feel like getting out of bed that day and booking another night in the hostel i don't want to like have to run to a bus tour every single morning so i think it's important to 
again, it's, it's all about balance. So it's about considering like, yeah, maybe you start with group tours. Maybe you do like, you spend three weeks in Ireland, but you do a two week group tour and then you do a week by yourself after. And you probably will have met friends to join in on that week, but you're still, again, solo travel to me is about that freedom being in control of every day. I like how you said that. And so being on group tours sometimes like loses that control a bit. But honestly, the biggest thing to me is just that like, you're wasting so much money if that's all you ever do. Like at solo travelers, we try to save money. You want to like see more of the world. Why like throw away 50% of your trip budget on something when you could do another, like you could double the length of it. Yeah, I think that's the one pretty glaring con to solo travel, especially when you're new to it, is like it is more expensive because you're not splitting things. I mean, you find workarounds, of course, yeah. but um, yeah, like that's the one that's like, you know, I, I struggle with like <laughs> how to explain <laughs> the fine art of like finagling your budget as a solo traveler. But, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, that's a good tip to do the, the group tours, maybe to like, you know, so like, let's say you're going to Mexico City and, you know, you want to go to like a Pueblo, one of the small towns, like outside of the city. So like that might be something to do worthy to do a group tour on because you don't have to coordinate your own transportation. You don't have to deal with public transportation. Like what bus do I take? Is it the bus on the side of the street or is it the bus across the street? (laughs) You know, so like, you know, you can pick and choose the the worthwhile group tours, but then you wouldn't necessarily need to do a group tour in the city you know so Mm -hmm. and I think like group tours are really lovely too to like with first time solo travel when you're trying to like see a whole country in like three weeks which I I have some issues with that like I think you should still go back to the country later but it's like it's a great way to kind of get you started to help you learn like yeah how long do I think I need in certain towns or I often like I steal itineraries from Contiki and G Adventures all the time like they post them online you can take them and just do them yourself it's great like you don't you don't need to do what they do and it's nice like when you first start out and then you learn like okay yeah I did um a four-week Uh, bus tour through New Zealand it was like hop on hop off so there was a bit more control but it was amazing because yeah like I don't drive on that side of the road so for me renting a camper van and driving alone I mean I've never camped I've never driven on that side of the road it would be a lot to figure out so like that was really really great but then I also like I mean I lived there so I had a lot of time to then do solo travel trips on top of it and I think that's the important thing is to find that balance and not be taking group tours as a cop-out, not be doing it like, you don't have to take group tours. If you want to, that's great. Like some people, that's their favorite way to travel. Some people love cruises. I'm not a cruise person. So like, I'm not going to yuck your yum, but like, I think it's important to try the other version too. Yeah. So overpacking, tip number three. Oh my God, this is such a problem for women. We're so bad at this. Um, And I think it's especially a problem, like, because you're afraid to be on your own, you're afraid of, like, all the possibilities of what's going to go wrong and what you might need. And, like, because your budget, like, you're being considerate of your budget, you don't want to, like, either overpack and pay for for extra luggage, but you also don't want to have to then buy something when you're there. So I think it's, I think overpacking is, like, a big sign of anxiety and not being super comfortable. Um, It's obviously also just like you like your clothes that's allowed but I think it's very important to not overdo it especially if you're backpacking because oh my god every pound in that backpack 
it adds up. And like I spent um, a year in Europe, I was, I used a suitcase because I have a bad back, but even then like I'm lugging this suitcase and a lot of the train stations do not have an elevator or an escalator. So like every pound I put in that suitcase, I had to think about, and I was there for three different seasons. So like I had to think about that too, but I think it's important to, to make up like a proper list, really plan out what you're doing. Um, I think if you know what you're doing when you're there, that's really helpful. Um, I think as women, we struggle with body positivity as well. I know I have for sure. So like that used to be a big thing for me. I would triple over pack and half the stuff wouldn't even fit me because I wanted it to be like aspirational. Like, oh, I'm going to fit into this aspirational dress that's like two years old from back before like I went through puberty and developed boobs. <laughs> like it's never going to fit again. But some part of me wanted it to and wanted it for that trip. And then it ruined the trip because I was disappointed it didn't fit. So like, I think, yeah, I just think it's important to be realistic with packing, make a list of like the activities you're doing. If you're going to a beach, bring a bathing suit. Like just don't let yourself get in your own head about it. You're on a trip. Don't worry about what you look like. The point is that you're like enjoying yourself. Definitely like bring layers. I think that's always really good. I'm a big hiker, so like my biggest thing is shoes because I always bring hiking boots and they are a nightmare to pack, but you figure it out. Like you find a balance for it. You, um, yeah, like I wear the hiking boots and then I pack my sneakers because they're like a nightmare on the plane, but at least then like I'm saving the room in my luggage. So yeah, I think being conscious of what it is you actually need the stuff for and if you're bringing it again out of like fear or if you're bringing it because you actually want it to be there and then always bringing one fun item I think that's like my favorite packing tip um, is just like bring an outfit or a shirt or a necklace whatever that makes you smile whatever it is like I just bought my first pair of overalls that I was like putting off for years because I wanted to lose weight before I got them which is nonsense they sell overalls in every size there's no size limit to wearing overalls um, but I love them so much and like if I was allowed to travel right now obviously like those would be the first thing I pack because like I don't care if they're not the most practical item in the world they are comfy they make me smile and if I'm having a homesick day if I'm tired whatever I have that as like a source of like positivity with me oh I love that um yeah that's a really good tip I never really considered that but yeah with the shoes I always wear my biggest pair of shoes on the plane yeah we do that too and then I've seen so I'm not really like I don't really care too much about fashion but I've seen people like who do care about fashion <laughs> give the tip of like <laughs> packing sort of a color scheme so like everything yeah. goes together and by doing that you have to bring less because everything goes together <laughs> so yeah which I've always seen like that sounds amazing I own like I moved to New Zealand with eight shirts so like I'm definitely not one of those people um but I, I think that's like if you care about fashion that's such a good tip because you probably understand how to mix and match in a way that like my jeans and t-shirt self just doesn't get <laughs> yeah I'm in I'm in that boat too so all right I hope you know I love the tip about bringing something you love regardless of what it is making the space for it so let's talk about not being adventurous and then I guess how to be adventurous <laughs> yeah well I think I mean I'm I've become an adventure traveler as I've gone along. Um, but I think this tip refers, I kind of, it's a bit of a like snub without being snubby at my family. <laughs> um, I, and, and like those people that go to the 
um, all-inclusive resorts and then like never leave the resort. They never eat, like they only eat food that they would find at home. Um, like just try new things. I think that's really important. I think um, my mom and my grandmother have this thing, uh, we're Russian. I don't think this is a real Russian custom, but they've told me it is, but it's worked very well for me. Um, every time you try something new, you get to make a wish. And so like whenever you land in a new country, if you like try a new vegetable or fruit, if you do a new activity, you get to make a wish. And like, I don't know if they've come true or not so far, like I keep wishing for more travel and it keeps happening. So I like to think it's coming true. Um, but yeah, it just, it kind of, it encourages you that little extra bit to push yourself to try new things, like eat that new food. If you're worried at this place or whatever, like I like to go on food tours of places and then you get to try a bit of everything. And like I ate veal deep fried like gravy balls and like I don't eat much meat. So that was super weird for me, but I tried it because like I wanted to know. I jumped out of a plane in New Zealand with like an hour's notice. Like it, these are things that they're, they sound really scary, but like they round you out and they're really important to they're really important to like how you develop and how you appreciate a culture. So don't like spend your whole, I have a friend who went to Poland. I love her dearly, um, but she refused to try pierogies. And I was so mad at her that I, like when she was at the airport on the way home, I called her and was like, you have to sit down in this airport. And because all they'd eaten the entire time they were there was McDonald's and stuff because they were running around so much. And I was like, girl, you have to try these. It's like, please, dear God, just do something new. And she's a very picky eater. So it's also like been my life mission to make her eat more food. But she loved them. And she was like, yeah, I wish I tried them sooner. And that's something I hear so often is people saying like, oh, yeah, I started like, I don't know, I had that adventure thing at the end of my trip. And you just wish that you'd done it sooner because yeah. like, don't let, don't let budget hold you back. Don't let fear hold you back. I mean, some budget should hold you back, but like I went swimming with wild dolphins in New Zealand at four in the morning. And like, I nearly didn't. Cause I was like, Oh, do I really want to wake up early? Do I want to pay like 300 New Zealand dollars for it? If I hadn't, like I current me would like easily go back and kick old Nina's butt and be like, excuse me, you are doing this. This was the best experience of your life. Like try things. Yeah. I guess that's the thing about trying and stepping out of the comfort zone and maybe like directly confronting the fear. It's like, I think you, th you, you think you have to love it. It's like, maybe, you know, yeah. someone who loves it. So like skydiving is a pretty obvious example. Like Mm -hmm. Eight of your friends have gone skydiving and they've just loved it. And you're like, well, what if I don't love it? It's like, you don't have to love it. <laughs> That's not really the yeah. point. <laughs> That's kind of not the point of, of the adventure is not always to love it. You know, the adventure is for the adventure's sake, I guess. Yeah. Like there's that um, quote, I don't, oh, I don't remember who said it, but it's like a very famous travel quote that says like, you don't regret the things you did, you regret the things you didn't do. And I think oh, like- that that's what you need to consider. Like I always tell people like, think to yourself, is this something that I will regret not doing? And if you will, like, I mean, maybe look at it and like see why, <laughs> but um, if that's the case, like just go for it. Honestly, life is short. It's why I don't think women should wait to travel till they're like, I don't think anyone should wait to travel till they're retired. Like start now, do it now, accomplish things now, try things now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think this like segues into nicely into your fifth, um, your fifth uh, mistake and then how to correct the mistake assuming everything will be perfect and I love I heard this like 
couple of months back and I say it all the time now that we are shooting all over ourselves like yeah this is how it should be this is the should like the should is like kind of killing the fun of existence in my opinion so I, I don't know if that ties into what you mean by assuming everything will be perfect exactly no that's exactly it and I think like I mean, shows like Emily in Paris just came out and it's like this like perfect view of the world where like, oh, I'm going to go to Paris and have that exact experience or whatever. I went to Paris and got food poisoning and like threw up in the Louvre. Like that's not what you expect to happen, but these things happen. And I think comparing yourself to this ideal version, it's like, it's something we do a lot in the Instagram society we're in and like, and I love Instagram, but there is that problem of like, you look at this picture perfect version of the world or this curated version of things and expect that everything will go the same way for you and that you will have or, or that you must have that experience and when it stops happening you freak out or it adds more pressure to the planning of trying to like get it perfect initially there's it, it's just so kind of it's really sad I think that we feel that pressure um it's a lot of like the reason that I used to struggle traveling like I would sit on my floor like crying before trips thinking about everything that would go wrong before I got there and psyching myself out before I even left and it's taken a long time for me to realize like it's one of the reasons why like I share a lot of travel fails it's the reason why I talk about when things go wrong is because no one was telling me those things when I was younger and or if they were, I wasn't listening. Like they probably were somewhere. But I think it's important to remember that like life is imperfect. You want to expect the unexpected. If everything is like completely perfect, like what fun would that be? I mean, if like, oh, you have this dreamy like Paris experience and then like the rest of your life is blah compared to it, like that would be so sad. This one trip shouldn't like <laughs> change your view on life in that way. And it shouldn't, like also I just think it's like every trip is an experience I think whatever happens is perfect in its own way if like as long as you've taken something from it whether it's enjoyment whether it's a lesson like some trips aren't going to be perfect I mean like I grew up with three siblings so like we'd go on family holidays with six people and inevitably someone got sick because you can't have six people especially like four kids traveling the world and have a perfect holiday where someone doesn't get sick or someone doesn't scream at somebody else like it's just not going to happen. But I don't think any less of those trips. Like, I don't think they're flawed because of it. And I think solo travel, especially because it's scarier to do alone, you put even more pressure on it to be perfect because usually the people advertising it like us are solo travel experts. So it can look really clean and perfect, but usually yeah. it's not under the surface. But also like those always make the funniest stories too. But it's mm -hmm. just, I think it's also like human nature to look back on things and sort of like romanticize all the good anyway and like disregard yeah. a lot of the bad too. So it's like, just know that like in the future, those unperfect moments are one, going to be funny. And two, you're not going to even ever talk about them again, except when you're making jokes about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and I, I was telling you this earlier, like I think, one of the reasons I started the blogs, people were tired of my stories, but I realized the ones that people aren't tired of are the travel fails. People love hearing about when things go wrong. It's like that morbid curiosity in us that like needs like the adrenaline of that story. So even if it's something small, like, I don't know, my phone dies every time I go to London because I take so many photos that I inevitably end up lost in like Piccadilly Circus trying to figure out what tube I take to the next place and people like I've told like the same story of that like 10 times just like different trips 
people still listen to me. They still like, they want those stories. People want to know about that. And a uh, shameless plug here for myself, but like, if you have one of those stories, like I always tell people to have those stories, have those experiences, then write into my podcast, Tripping Up, and I will share it with people. And then like, you get to be on a podcast. That's great. <laughs> I love it. That's like even more motivation to have like a travel tale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have five more amazing uh, mistakes and then how to correct the mistakes. What do I call that? Solutions. We have five more <laughs> mistakes and solutions and we're going to take a one minute break and be right back. Welcome back. Um, so we have five more uh, things to share with you as just two uh, travel expert ladies trying to help other ladies travel solo and become experts. So the sixth tip from Nina's blog is to let yourself get homesick. So what is that all about? Well, I think again, kind of like going off that perfect thing is we see travel as like it's supposed to be this like it's supposed to be, I guess travel's supposed to be this like great thing that you strive for and it's a dream, but like homesickness happens and it's totally okay to like give yourself into it. I get homesick all the time and I haven't actually lived at home in a very, very long time. Um, but usually what it is, is like, it's not always homesickness for actual home. It's homesickness for comfortableness. Like you just, you just want to feel comfortable. You want something that you know. Um, sometimes you're overstimulated. Sometimes you're overwhelmed. Sometimes you do just miss home. Like this is a new experience. You are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, especially when you're traveling for the first time. If you're traveling like, like full solo travel, like where it's just you, maybe you're not even staying in like communal accommodation. Maybe you're staying like in a hotel or Airbnbs by yourself where it's harder to meet people like homesickness will happen. I just, I always say it will, and it's better to prepare for it. Um, and like the ways that I usually give into it, when I first started traveling, you couldn't like, I don't know, this makes me feel old and I'm not even that old, but like I moved to a small town in Italy, so we didn't have internet. Um, you couldn't get like cell plans that, unless you were Italian at that point um, in that area. So like, we got internet like piped in once a week for an email. Eventually, like halfway through, we started Skyping. Um, so that was a lot harder to connect with home. But now, nowadays, like you can message your family, like set up a game night with friends via uh, Skype or Zoom or whatever. We've all learned that we can do it now. So like, you'll definitely be able to do it. Like call home, tell them that you're homesick and like let yourself be comforted because like hiding it just makes it so much worse because you're going through it alone. It's like when you have to sneeze really badly and you're trying to hold it in for a long time and like it just makes it like the sneeze doesn't go away. It's just like there and it's like, I guess sneezing is a bad one because it could go away, but coughing, it's like it's still there. It's not going to go away till you do something about it. So either you like let it out or like you drink something to like soothe your throat. And so to me, like that's what it is to deal with homesickness. It's like, it's gonna be there and you need to handle it. So I, like, I like to tell people like, do something you would do at home. Take a day and just like read in your hotel room. Travel isn't always about like going at a hundred percent. Cause if you do, you'll burn out to be honest. And then you go home and you're like, oh crap, that trip was not restorative at all. But like watch a movie that you like, um, eat a snack from home, like maybe do go to McDonald's now, even though I told you not to before, I guess. Um, do yoga, like whatever, like fi figure out like what it is about your homesickness that you're missing. Like if it's 
for me, it's often food-based. I'm a very food-based person. My mom always said food is love. So to me, food is comfort. Um, so yeah, like I'll go hunt down like, or I'll make poutine from Canada or like I'll make a dessert that my mom always makes for me or something like that. Or um, sometimes it's that I miss the routine of home. Like I miss having that schedule. So I schedule the next day or two and give myself a schedule. Uh, sometimes it's like I miss their voice. So I'll call my family. So just, yeah, like just don't, tell yourself you again it's like that should like don't feel like you should or should not feel this way just like let yourself feel it and then give into it a little bit but don't like succumb to it and then you'll come out the other side like you just have to kind of work with it yeah I think that's like exactly it like it's about succumbing and I love that you wrote in the blog like even travel pros get homesick because that's the difference like you don't succumb you're just like well I'm homesick and this isn't the most pleasant feeling but you know I'm sure I'll feel a new feeling in 10 minutes so it's like yeah. about getting through that that 10 minutes but I always like joke with people that like where else are you gonna get homesick but like when you leave your house <laughs> that's true it's the literal only place it can happen so like it's likely going to happen <laughs> like it's more yeah, and especially like, like the further away you go like if you're gonna go I don't know if you yeah if you go halfway around the world probably gonna happen (laughs) yeah I was just talking to a a lady that does yoga retreats the other day and I was telling her like we went to it was a yoga retreat in Bali and I'm like I just think like things came up for people that they weren't expecting just physically being that far away from home like I I think it kind of messes with your psyche like your whole idea of safety is like super thrown off but yeah um, I think it's really true just so you know it's like about you know it's not assigning a good bad to a feeling because inherently feelings don't have good or bad and like we assign good or bad kind of to them and I guess homesickness is one of those things where you're just like travel should be totally fun all the time like nothing's going to be totally fun all the time and if there if such a thing existed we'd all be doing that thing (laughs) yeah or like like I remember too um oh god I consume so much media now but like I was even thinking about when you said that the good place like where they go to heaven or whatever the good place spoiler alert I guess if you haven't seen the end but like they go there and everyone's happy all the time and then they're bored they're just like oh god like there's no feelings anymore there's no like ups and downs I'm like you want the ups and downs you need the downs that way the ups are that much better yeah it's true so what advice do you give about travel planning and the dreaded over planning Oh my God. So I'm so type A. Um, I planned for like, when I went to Europe for a year, it was like, it was spontaneous. I left, I'd had like two months savings, but I then planned, like I printed calendars. I had every day scheduled, even though like when I was volunteering and like I was working abroad away, um, like I didn't always know what I would be doing, but it was like, okay, I know that like this day I'll do some freelancing or this, or like, I know that I'll go to Vienna for exactly this long. And like, and I had booked all my travel already. And then I got there and I had four months of my life planned and like travel, especially long-term travel is so spontaneous. Like I'd meet people and they'd be like, Hey, do you want to come here with us? And I'd be like, no, because I've booked out the next three months of my life and I know exactly what I'm doing. And then when things were going wrong I couldn't change it like um I was doing volunteer experiences where I was like the only volunteer in the house like helping uh teach like young girls English walking dogs all that sort of stuff and I realizing I wanted to be around other people but I couldn't change it then because I was locked in so to me like having having an itinerary is always good having 
a schedule can be quite bad where it's like, oh, you need to be at this place at this time. You need to have like every day, every minute of every day is booked. I always, um, I do travel planning and I advise people a lot when I do this to like book one main activity each day. That way, no matter what else happens, maybe you just don't feel like travel that day. Like you can move it. There's other places for it to go in your schedule. Yeah, if you book tickets, obviously like, but then it's one thing. So it's like, oh, hey, I'm like kind of feeling down, but I have a two hour museum tour, but at least it's only a two hour museum tour and not 12 hours of my day planned to the minute. And it also gives you freedom when you learn about new experiences. Like I always do free, um, free walking tours when I get to a place. I love walking. I think they're really, like, I obviously pay the person. <laughs> That's how free tours work. They're a bit of a misnomer. But um, they're a really great way to get a local's perspective on stuff, on what to do, on places to go, things to see. If um, something like that you thought was really good is closed or maybe it's not quite as interesting as like Google made it out to be. It's just, it's really nice to have um, things a bit looser and to have a sense of like how how you can change things if they're not going exactly how you want. I think the only, like, I think for uh, first time solo travelers, the only time to like properly plan it fully is if it's a weekend getaway. Cause then obviously you want to cram in as much as you can. And even then give yourself free time. Like I think free time is something that we don't put into our itineraries as much as we should. Um, especially like, I mean, we're both city girls. So like city girls, we learn to be busy and even though you're solo traveling, it's still a vacation. Like I think trips and travel, people often don't make synonymous with a vacation, but it is. So like take that time, give yourself a break. <laughs> and like if you're traveling long-term, don't book more than a month in advance unless it's like something that will run out or at least like give yourself like options and flexibility of how to get there. Like yeah, book like maybe like a yoga retreat in Bali or something two months in advance, but don't book your plane ticket right away. Like see where you end up on the route to Bali. Yeah, I, lo um, I love that. I think like the planning and over planning is, is a fine line because I think it's like subject. You have to like kind of also play within the parameters of your own personality yes. and like levels of comfort. But I think like you mentioned about pa overpacking with the, you know, that it's like an, really it's an anxiety, um, mm -hmm. you know, out, it's an outcome of anxiety. And I think the same thing with like over planning can kind of be like a reaction to anxious. Like if I have one free minute, what am I going to do with my hands? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like you can do whatever you want. That's, that's like the thing that I think a lot of people have I think that's the barrier to solo and solo travel entry. It's like you've never like consciously <laughs> like gone <Yeah. laughs> with the flow. Like <laughs> you, oh, you, have a, you have like a backup plan a little bit in your head, I think, for a lot of people. Like it's like I have no plan for today, but you kind of do. Like you have options. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's like the actual feeling of like floating is like is the is well it's what I identify as like the, the real core of, of the fear. And, um, you know, but that's also the beauty. It's like, you kind of, you have like a tiny mental breakthrough, I think. And it, I yeah. think it comes with the planning and over planning fine line. I 100% agree. And I think like, I think that's a really good point that it, it can be an impediment. Cause like a lot of people too, when they're alone, they haven't done that before. So like I, um, when I tell, they talk to people and coach them and like how to start solo traveling, I give homework. I'm a very rigid teacher, <laughs> but um, I get people to like start doing little things by themselves. And sometimes it is like 
eat with the TV off and just like sit there. It sucks. I hate, like my big thing is like, I hate eating in quiet, but like it, it makes you like think it makes you spend time by yourself and like be by yourself, which is really important. And like, and my also like one of my hacks I wanted to add in for itineraries is like, yeah, like some of the, sometimes you will have those moments for like a minute where you're like, oh no, what do I do? So I always, when I make my own itineraries, I keep a separate list that's not on the main itinerary of backup things to do, where it's like random restaurants. I never schedule restaurants in my itinerary unless it's like a special place. Cause like, usually you just end up somewhere nearby to be honest. Um, but I always keep like that extra list of like, oh, here are 10 extra things to do in London or whatever that aren't on my main itinerary, but now it, I'm not at a loss. I'm not gonna have to like run to a coffee shop and like frantically Google something. Now I have options and I have, I, I'm prepared, but I'm not scheduled. Yeah, that's super cool. And you can do that nowadays, like on the, the mm-hmm. Google, uh, Google My Maps function, you can like make your own map and you can just put anything on it. So then if you're, yeah. like, if you're somewhere and you're like completely, I don't even want to say bored. I think that's a bad word, but you're (laughs) at a loss of something to do and you just feel like you need to do something like open the map and see what's even like right around you that you already bookmarked as like, you know, how you call it your backup things or your, you know, your main things. It can all be on the same map and then you'll see what's right around you that you already have like that has already piqued your interest. Man, travel these days is so much easier than it used to be (laughs) honestly it really is and like like I don't know I think it's god I love travel apps I I just started like going into like a mini trance thinking about how much I love my google maps and like how many I've made (laughs) and I miss them so much (laughs) I mean google is like you can make a lot of arguments that it's like the eye in the sky watching you but it does make your life convenient yeah I mean I'll take it like you can have like you can see how many dresses I browse when I'm bored in order for me to have this I'm okay with that because like I'm not exciting enough that you're getting anything really good out of me (laughs) so it's an okay trade (laughs) yeah there's always a trade-off so this one uh tip we're at tip number mistake and correction number eight about comparing yourself to Instagram and like yeah, this is another, like, fine line, because, like, we love Instagram. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. You look at pictures, and you don't hear people arguing about politics, like Facebook, and, like, <laughs> it's True. Pretty, pretty, and it's, like, meant to be pretty, and, like, so who doesn't love just, like, scrolling through pretty pictures when you're, when you're, like, bored, or you want to zone out, but, like, yeah, of course, like, there's a limit, so... Where where do you like draw the line for comparing yourself to Instagram for solo travelers? So I think it's especially important for women. We're hyper aware of our bodies. It's um, a lot of travel accounts, uh, like especially like those group accounts that like reshare everyone else. Um, it's often like smaller women. It's often smaller white women, um, and that can be really hard to live up to. There's also a ton of editing on Instagram. It's not just filters. It's Lightroom presets. It's Photoshop. It's everything. It's people waiting like two days to get the right shot. So if you go to Amsterdam and want that classic canal shot, you might get clouds. You might like again, things happen, things go wrong. Your photos aren't going to be perfect, but also photos aren't the root of travel. I think that's the reason that like you and I are travel bloggers is that we understand that there's value in the written word as well. Um, I find Instagram is, it's just one side of the story. It's often 
like it's an edited side of the story. So I think it's important for people to recognize that like travel shouldn't just be about the photos. It should be about the experiences. Um, if you want to get a great shot, like go for it. I mean, I love taking photos of myself. It's the reason like I bought a tripod. My dogs get really annoyed because I make them pose with me. Um, but it's one of, it, like, it's a fun thing, but it, I don't think of it as like, I guess I don't put the weight on it. It's like, it's the thing that will make or break this trip is like whether or not I got that perfect spinning flowy dress shot in front of this lake or that lake. It's more about like having the experience. I mean, um, I wrote in the article about Ben Nevis in New Zealand. It's one of the many mountains there, um, but it's this classic shot of like, you're on the mountain overlooking these glacial lakes and it's beautiful. It's so gorgeous, but everyone does this hike and then everyone unpacks the top, changes into a dress for Instagram, and then takes the photo. And like, they line up for hours to get the shot. And to me, it's like, like, that's a very different kind of travel. It's good if that's what you want to do. But remember that, like, when you're getting photos, like, professional Instagrammers are doing that sort of thing. So, like, your photos are going to be different. And again, yeah, like, perfection, I think, is unattainable. It's more about having fun. My favorite photos are like fails that I've taken. Like I went hiking with one of my dogs um, while I was in Toronto and she ran clean into the tripod. So like sent everything like falling into a ravine. Luckily oh, no. it broke. Yeah, everything was, everything was fine. It was like, it was dry season, but it's still like, there's a great shot of me like just screaming at her. As she, I'm like, no, as she runs to me. And I love that shot. It's super blurry. I'll probably never post it, but like it's, like that's the shot that I enjoy because it shows something. When I went skydiving, I tried to blow my mom a kiss and I ended up hitting myself in the face because it was like 200 kilometer an hour winds. Again, one of my favorite photos because like it's it's real. And I think that's always more valuable. I think women um, with travel, again, like you don't need to prove that you did it. It's like, oh, Instagram where it didn't happen. That's yeah. not true. We survived. We did many things before Instagram happened and like they happened. So just, yeah, just let yourself be like, don't put that pressure on. Yeah. I treat Instagram as an, as an ad, like when you're flipping through mm-hmm. a magazine, like, because like the reality is like those people, a lot of like the, the, the flowy dress and like perfect braided hair, like after a mm-hmm. nine hour hike, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's an ad, like, that person is advertising themselves. So more people will like their page. So brands will work with them. You know, it's not travel. Exactly. That's, that's their actual job. And like, you know, what's great Mm. is that if you're just a regular traveler, you're not working. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's working (laughs) and you're not. Yeah. Don't make it. That's don't (laughs) give yourself. Don't give yourself assignments. Don't give yourself a job. Like, I don't know. Like I, so I have so many selfies from abroad that like aren't technically Instagram appropriate. It's like, who cares? It's a selfie. We all take them. Use it. Like, who cares? Have fun. Not working is better than, you know, working. So, like, <laughs> your picture should already just be better because you're just like genuinely yeah. having more fun, you know, like, but yeah, I mean, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? I love Instagram. I'm not going to, I love like, Agreed. <laughs> I love it, but it's like I just—that's how I look at it. I look at it like an ad, like the person's. I think that's a really smart way. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that I've never heard it of that before, but that's really smart. They're either advertising themselves or they're advertising a place. But I mean, yeah, 
you know, they are getting paid. And you can actually see, you know, you have to like mark it when it's an ad. So like just mm. see the pictures that look super perfect. I bet 75% of them are marked ad. Yeah. That's probably, one, I think that, the ones that like... Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and like the same for mine. Like I, the few photos that are like really clean and crisp on my Instagram feed are ads. <laughs> I'm like, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, and like the ones that aren't marked ads are because like the person is likely advertising themselves and not a product because they're trying mm -hmm. to grow their feed so then they can get paid ads. So it's like you're yeah. somewhere in the ad train, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like it's not to knock that. I mean, like getting paid to travel is like pretty much a lot of people's goals so it's not that it's just it's really about it's I think like the the responsibility is like somewhat with the content creator but I think it's also like 100% with me and how I choose to like engage yeah. and like mentally digest that content so yeah I don't know that's what I do I just think it's it's an ad and if I get inspired by it that's great and if it becomes like somewhere I need to go then that's super cool that I just found out about this place that I now need to go you know yeah, of course. But, you know, that, that, I think that takes a lot of like mental conscious work to like also kind of get to that. Yeah. But, <laughs> so engaging and not engaging with the local culture. And like, again, like this just, this is tip number nine. And this just like strikes so close to home with me because it's just like infuriating when I hear people talk about Mexico and they're like, if you stay on the resort, mm -hmm. safe. And I'm like, well, if you stay in any bubble, you're safe. But like, yeah, hopefully that's not your life goal. But, um, no. And like, that's, a, that's the thing that I really struggle with is that like, I mean, I think resorts are great if you have small children and like take them to the resort, chill there. That's a great way to control your children. And like, that's what my family did. But I think like when you go somewhere, you have to appreciate the place itself and you're not again it's like you have to like step out there you have to try new things but I think actually like speaking with locals and learning about their experiences engaging with them learning about their culture and their history is really important and like it's it'll be it'll be one of the most life-changing things you do in that trip it'll be very memorable because you're gonna get a very fresh perspective of the place it's not this like touristy top 10 it's going to be real people and people are like i don't know i think people are what makes travel i think it's really important whether it's friends you make whether it's like people who teach you things i just think people are really really vital which sounds weird when like we're talking about solo travel where like you're not, I guess, like, there's some perception that you're not supposed to be around other people, which is, like, another mistake solo travelers make, is thinking they have to, like, isolate somewhere, like, and not speak to humans. That's not what it is at all. It's just that, like, when your friends back home don't want to come with you, you just go anyway, and then you do whatever you want to do, and it counts as solo travel. So, um, yeah, back to culture, though. So like, I just, I think, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm really big on indigenous cultures. I love local histories, local culture, local mythology, especially of indigenous peoples. So to me, I think that's hugely important to look into and to try and find unique ways to engage with it. Um, Airbnb experiences has been a really great way lately. Um, it's a new thing, but it's like local run. You'll find a lot more local applicable experiences then there's tons of like like I've been trolling them as like wanderlust um I don't know like wanderlust crack I guess <laughs> during the pandemic because I can't get it um but it's like oh like cooking class with a Nona in Italy and I'm like yes oh my god yes I would do that in a heartbeat um or like going on like 
um, indigenous uh, tribe kind of tours or stuff in Canada. I, I'm from Canada. So like to me, um, I get really frustrated when people come here and then don't take the time to kind of learn about our history, learn about actual Canadians and not like the Americanized Canadian on television that says like, like Utnaboot, which is like partially where my blog's name came from. Um, and I do have a quite a heavy O when I say sorry, I'll say it now. That way people can like get their fix. Um, it comes from living on the East Coast for a while. But yeah, so I just think it's, um, it matters to get that real perspective. Well, it's also like the backstory of a lot of yeah. things that are now famous, let's say. So it's like, mm -hmm. it got famous because it's unique because it's unique to that area because of the unique customs and cultures of that area and those people, you know? So it's like, it's, it, it gives context, I think, even to like some of the like more famous things or the more like hashtag travel goals, like kind of places. It's yeah. like that became a goal because it's unique and it's interesting. <laughs> like it has a whole backstory, you know? And like, mm -hmm. But yeah, the Airbnb experiences, like I just, I am absolutely in love with them. I am, a super fan of them. I've been putting them in like every single blog. Yeah, me too. Writing. They're amazing. And like, if people have never heard of them, it's, so it's obviously owned by Airbnb, the company, but instead of the company, uh, instead of the stays, like at the houses or the apartments, their experiences some or tours that, that they both fun, fall under experiences. But like, like you mentioned, there's let's say like cooking classes, which I'm sure is a big thing in Italy. It's also a big thing here in Mexico. Um, mm. but there's also like tours that, you know, go to, to wherever you pretty much just put in your destination, like the big destination city you're going to, and then tours will come up for that city. And then like the little surrounding areas. And then, um, yeah, I mean, they're small, they're generally pretty small. I'm yeah. And they're usually pretty affordable because of that. And like, they're usually, um, more unique than like the usual tours you'd find because it's like yeah. a person's perspective. Um, I'm doing one this weekend with like, we're doing like, I don't know, we do family reunion calls or whatever with all my siblings. Um, and my mom wanted to do something different because like we're getting bored of each other's faces. So we're actually doing like a penguin tour of South Africa where a guy like does a guided tour of his local penguin area for us via uh, Zoom but it's an Airbnb experience we can do now. And that's so cool. Like I, oh God, travel is awesome. Even during a pandemic. Yeah. They do have a bunch of online experiences right now that I have seen, but yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're going on to Airbnb to book your accommodation anyway. So there's like a tab mm -hmm. for stays and then there's a tab for experiences. So it's just right on the Airbnb website and I can't get enough of them. I think they're amazing. They're like led by locals. And then you have like you know, sometimes you're going to get a private tour and then you have the yeah. full attention of a local to ask any questions you want about the, like, yeah, you I got opportunity to get like a lot of intel. <laughs> like I got an accidental solo tour of split of a uh, Game of Thrones locations because like I'm a huge Game of Thrones nerd. Um, but it was incredible because like it was, yeah, like it was supposed to be a big tour. It happened to be the off season and he was like, yeah, I'm still going to run it. So like you come along for like, I don't know, I think it was probably like 40 euros or something for a day tour like something really really cheap and he was like I'm not gonna up the price you just come along and I'll show you around and it was amazing like you would never get that from a professional tour company because they have all that overhead and this was like I'm supporting this man who now I think is a really cool dude and like getting to it's kind of like supporting small businesses like you're supporting this person's livelihood 
It is. And like Airbnb granted takes their cut. Um, it's the nature mm. of operating a business, but, uh, much like Airbnb stays like the, the host, the, the experienced host or tour guide, however you want to refer to them, they get, you can rate them at the end. So it's like, yeah. they're super motivated to do a good job for you much mm. more than like a giant corporate tour company that like, you're just one of many coming through the system. Like, I don't yeah. know. I really just like recommend them wholeheartedly. Um, so, all right. The last tip, the last mistake for first time solo travelers make, <laughs> maybe the most important mistake we're going to talk about today. And it's not booking your solo trip sooner. I know it sounded so like, even as I was writing it, I'm like, Oh God, Nina, you sound like an ad person, but it's just so true. Like every, everyone that solo travels that I know, or like there's some people it's not for them and that's totally fair. But even then they all say like, I wish I'd done it sooner. So I knew cause it was this thing that they, that was giant in their head and they were like thinking about for so long. And like, I think it's like anything in life, um, business coaches, life coaches, all these different coaches in your life are going to tell you like, just go for it. What's the worst thing that could happen? And uh, I don't know, I'm a, I have anxiety. So like I come up with a lot of things that could happen, but like, again, you make that, like you have to talk yourself out of it too. Cause sometimes your mistake number one person that's talking you out of it is you. So like counter all those thoughts again and just go for it. Find something that like excites you a place that really like is interesting. Maybe you do something like you start small with a weekend trip, maybe, um, yeah, maybe you like and a friend both do it separately in different places, but like be each other's support buddy or like encourage each other. There are so many ways to make it work. And I think it's, you're just going to keep thinking about it. So like, just, just try. And I had a professor in uni that always said like done is better than good. And I think that goes back to the perfection thing as well. Like just do it and then you'll figure out the worst thing that's going to happen. Cause like, it'll happen. And, and it could be that like, oh, they put the wrong thing on your pizza and like, like I'm gluten-free. And so maybe they give me a wheat crust and I'm just like, not a hundred percent the next day. That's okay. That happens. Or maybe, yeah, you get like, it turns out all your photos were blurry or like, who cares? It's just going to be something and you'll make it work. And that's the thing. Like people, so many people have survived solo travel people smarter, stupider, younger, older, richer, poorer than you. Like there's going to be, everyone's tried it. Every type of person, you can do it too. Yeah. I've been uh, pretty networked in the solo travel. Like, you know, we're still in quarantine here where I live in Mexico, mm -hmm. but I've been pretty networked in the online solo travel forums world for a while. And I swear I have never seen any other piece of advice <laughs> <laughs> or like how to solo travel that wasn't just go <laughs> yeah and because that's the thing is like you're never gonna know until you do it yeah. and it's like I think and fear and doubts hold us all back it's something that every person in the world struggles with we're human it's like a like safety mechanism built into us that our like stupid lizard brains don't know is kind of out of date but like honestly use that fear and sometimes fear like I'm a tiny bit of an adrenaline junkie. It's why I jumped out of a plane. So it's like, I use that fear to do that thing. Um, use that anxiety, use like motivate yourself and just, just try it. And I mean, that's the thing too, is like, again, I don't think anything in life is a waste. I don't think there's anything. I mean, well, okay, that's not true. I think there is wasted money, but like, I think going on a trip is not wasted money. Even if the trip doesn't go the way you think it is, you'll learn something. And like, and yeah, maybe solo travel isn't for you, 
but then you can say you've done it. And like, it's kind of like saying you're a solo travel pro, like you just got to do it. And then you can just say that like, Hey, I'm a solo traveler or Hey, I've done it. Yeah. And whatever bragging cred you want, you get. (laughs) You kind of do become instantly cooler. And if you like solo travel in Mexico, you instantly become like cooler and tougher (laughs) because of, you know, the perceptions of certain places, which is kind of crazy, but yeah, I mean, you like instantly become cooler. I don't know how else to to put it, but um, well, I think yeah. it's I think it's also interesting that like you'll learn about your home country too. Like I didn't know Canada was interesting until I left Canada, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Canada!" And I was like, "Really? Like where the moose are?" And they're like, "There are moose." So like it it changed my perspective entirely. And like even if I hadn't kept going, I would have learned something and valued something differently. Well, this has been a a really good talk. Um, I loved being able to like shine light on common, I don't know, I don't want to call them mistakes, like mental roadblocks, I guess. Yeah. And then like really good actionable um, solutions. So for people who want to connect with you online and see more of your really great solo travel content and hear about your, yours and other people's solo travel fails, where, (laughs) where do they find you online? Um, you can find me at ninaoutandabout.ca. That's my travel blog. Um, I'm on all the social media. Um, I'm at Nina Out and About on everything except for Instagram because it was taken. So I'm at Nina Clapperton, um, but you'll find all those links on my blog. And if you want to hear more of my funny travel fails and where I talk to some really cool travel writers about their fails, um, you can find me wherever you get podcasts at Tripping Up Podcast. Um, it's a little like blue logo with an airplane flying through the sky. Cool. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me today to chat. And I know that people who listen to this episode are going to get some really great tips and, you know, really just see that like their feelings are actually quite normal. (laughs) Their anxieties are quite normal. (laughs) And it's about, you know, like succumbing to that or deciding you're not going to. And it's, it's a complex, but it's also quite simple. So I hope- exactly. Thank you so much for having me. I love to talk. I love to talk about travel and you've let me do both of those things. So I really, really appreciate it. Cool. Well, thank you all for tuning in this week. And I look forward to chatting with you more about my two favorite topics, solo travel and Mexico travel next week on the Dream to Destination podcast. So until then, nos vemos chicas. That means see you soon. Goodbye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the Dream to Destination podcast. I hope you continue tuning in as I release new episodes each Monday. If you prefer to be notified when they come out, just head to your podcast provider of choice and hit that subscribe button. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please also consider leaving a written review and a star rating. These two things help push us up in the algorithm so that other travelers can find us. Speaking of other travelers, if you know anyone who would love this podcast, please also share it with them. And then let's all be friends over on the socials. I'm on Insta, Facebook, and Pinterest at Travel Mexico Solo and on Twitter at Travel Mex Solo. Thanks again for tuning in and I really hope this will not be our last conversation.